section twenty six of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter twenty five donna caught at gerard and somewhat checked his fall but it may be doubted whether this alone would have saved him from breaking his neck or a limb his best friend now was the dying bear on whose hairy carcass his head and shoulders descended Donya tore him off her it was needless she panted still and her limbs quivered but a hair was not so harmless and soon she breathed her last and the judicious donya propped gerard up against her being soft and fanned him he came too by degrees but confused and feeling the bear around him rolled away yelling courage cried donya le diable et more is it dead quite dead inquired gerard from behind a tree for his courage was feverish and the cold fit was on him just now and had been for some time behold said Danya, and pulled the brute's ear playfully and opened her jaws and put in his head with other insulting antics in the midst of which gerard was violently sick Danya laughed at him what is the matter now said he also why tumble off your perch just when we had won the day i swooned i trow but why not receiving an answer he continued green girls faint as soon as look at you but then they choose time and place what woman ever fainted up a tree she sent her nasty blood all over me i think the smell must have overpowered me for i hate blood i do believe it potently see what a mess she has made me but with her blood not yours i pity the enemy that strives to satisfy you you need not to brag maitre Donya. i saw you under the tree the colour of your shirt let us distinguish said Donya, colouring it is permitted to tremble for a friend gerard for answer flung his arms round Donya's neck in silence look here whined the stout soldier affected by this little gush of nature and youth was ever aught so like a woman i love thee little milksop go to good behold him on his knees now what new caprice is this o Danya, ought we not to return thanks to him who has saved both our lives against such fearful odds and gerard kneeled and prayed aloud and presently he found Donya kneeling quiet beside him with his hands across his bosom after the custom of his nation and a face as long as his arm when they rose gerard's countenance was beaming good Donya said he heaven will reward thy piety ah bah i did it out of politeness said the frenchman it was to please thee little one say egal twas well and orderly prayed and edified me to the core while it lasted a bishop had scarce handled the matter better so now our evensong being sung and the saints enlisted with us marchons ere they had taken two steps he stopped 
by the by the cub oh no no cried gerard you are right it is late we've lost time climbing trees and tumbling off em and swooning and vomiting and praying and the brood is heavy to carry and now i think aunt we shall have papa after it next these bears make such a coil about an odd cub what is this you are wounded you are wounded not i he is wounded miserable that i am be calm Danya. i am not touched i feel no pain anywhere you you only feel when another is hurt cried Danya with great emotion and throwing himself on his knees he examined gerard's leg with glistening eyes quick quick before it stiffens he cried and hurried him on who makes the coil about nothing now inquired gerard composedly Donya's reply was a very indirect one be pleased to note said he that i have a bad heart you were man enough to save my life yet i must sneer at you a novice in war was not i a novice once myself then you fainted from a wound and i thought you swooned for fear and called you a milksop briefly i have a bad tongue and a bad heart Donya, play deal you lie you are very good to say so little one and i am eternally obliged to you mumbled the remorseful Donya. ere they had walked many furlongs the muscles of the wounded leg contracted and stiffened till presently gerard could only just put his toe to the ground and that with great pain at last he could bear it no longer let me lie down and die he groaned for this is intolerable Donya represented that it was afternoon and the nights were now frosty and cold and hunger ill companions and that it would be unreasonable to lose heart a certain great personage being notoriously defunct so gerard leaned upon his axe and hobbled on but presently he gave in all of a sudden and sank helpless in the road Donya drew him aside into the wood and to his surprise gave him his crossbow and bolts enjoining him strictly to lie quiet and if any ill-looking fellows should find him out and come to him to bid them keep aloof and should they refuse to shoot them dead at twenty paces honest men keep the path and knaves in a wood none but fools do parley with them with this he snatched up gerard's axe and set off running not as gerard expected towards dusseldorf but on the road they had come gerard lay aching and smarting and to him rome that seemed so near at starting looked far far off now that he was two hundred miles nearer it but soon all his thoughts turned seven bergen woods how sweet it would be one day to hold margaret's hand and tell her all he had gone through for her the very thought of it and her soothed him and in the midst of pain and irritation of the nerves he lay resigned and sweetly though faintly smiling he had lain thus more than two hours when suddenly there were shouts and the next moment something struck a tree hard by and quivered in it he looked it was an arrow he started to his feet several missiles rattled among the boughs and the wood echoed with battle cries whence they came he could not tell for noises in these huge woods were so reverberated that a stranger is always at fault as to their whereabout but they seemed to fill the whole air presently there was a lull then he heard the fierce galloping of hoofs and still louder shouts and cries arose mingled with shrieks and groans and above all strange and terrible sounds like fierce claps of thunder 
bellowing loud and then dying off in cracking echoes and red tongues of flame shot out ever and anon among the trees and clouds of sulphurous smoke came drifting over his head and all was still gerard was struck with awe what will become of Donya? he cried oh why did you leave me o oh, Donya, my friend my friend just before sunset Donya returned almost sinking under a hairy bundle it was the bear's skin gerard welcomed him with a burst of joy that astonished him i never thought to see you again dear Donya. were you in the battle no what battle the bloody battle of men or fiends that raged in the wood a while agone and with this he described it to the life and more fully than i have done Donya patted him indulgently on the back it is well said he thou art a good limmer and fever is a great spur to the imagination one day i lay in a cart shed with a cracked skull and saw two hosts manoeuvre and fight a good hour on eight feet square the which i did fairly describe to my comrade in due order only not so gorgeously as thou for want of book learning what then you believe me not when i tell you the arrows whizzed over my head and the combatants shouted and made the foul fiends fly away with me if i believe a word of it gerard took his arm and quietly pointed to a tree close by why it looks like it is a broad arrow as i live and he went close and looked up at it it came out of the battle i heard it and saw it an english arrow how know you that merry by its length the english bowmen draw the bow to the ear others only to the right breast hence the english loose a three-foot shaft and this is one of them perdition seize them well if this is not glamour there has been a trifle of a battle and if there has been a battle in so ridiculous a place for a battle as this why then tis no business of mine for my duke hath no quarrel hereabouts so let's to bed said the professional and with this he scraped together a heap of leaves and made gerard lie on it his axe by his side he then lay down beside him with one hand on his arbalist and drew the bearskin over them hair inward they were soon as warm as toast and fast asleep but long before the dawn gerard woke his comrade what shall i do Donya? i die of famine do why go to sleep again incontinent qui dordine but i tell you i am too hungry to sleep snapped gerard let us march then replied Donya, with paternal indulgence he had a brief paroxysm of yawns and made a small bundle of bear's ears rolling them up in a strip of the skin cut for the purpose and they took the road gerard leaned on his axe and propped by Donya on the other side hobbled along not without sighs i hate pain said gerard viciously therein you show judgment replied papa smoothly it was a clear starlight night and soon the moon rising revealed the end of the wood at no great distance a pleasant sight since dusseldorf they knew was but a short league further at the edge of the wood they came upon something so mysterious that they stopped to gaze at it before going up to it two white pillars rose in the air distant a few paces from each other and between them stood many figures that looked like human forms i go no farther till i know what this is said gerard in an agitated whisper are they effigies of the saints for men to pray to on the road or live robbers waiting to shoot down honest travellers nay living men they cannot be for they stand on nothing that i see o oh, Donya, let us turn back till daybreak this is no mortal sight 
Danya halted and peered long and keenly they are men said he at last gerard was for turning back all the more but men that will never hurt us nor we them look not to their feet for that they stand on where then in the name of all the saints look over their heads said Danya gravely following this direction gerard presently discerned the outline of a dark wooden beam passing from pillar to pillar and as the pair got nearer walking now on tiptoe one by one dark snake-like cords came out in the moonlight each pendant from the beam to a dead man as tight as wire now as they came under this awful monument of crime and wholesale vengeance a light air swept by and several of the corpses swung or gently gyrated and every rope creaked gerard shuddered at this ghastly salute so thoroughly had the gibbet with its sickening load seized and held their eyes that it was but now they perceived a fire right underneath and a living figure sitting huddled over it his axe lay beside him the bright blade shining red in the glow he was asleep gerard started but Donya only whispered courage comrade here is a fire ay but there is a man at it there will soon be three and he began to heap some wood on it that the watcher had prepared during which the prudent gerard seized the man's axe and sat down tight on it grasping his own and examining the sleeper there was nothing outwardly distinctive in the man he wore the dress of the country folk and the hat of the district a three-cornered hat called a brunswicker stiff enough to turn a sword cut and with a thick brass hat-band the weight of the whole thing had turned his ears entirely down like a fancy rabbit's in our century but even this though it spoiled him as a man was nothing remarkable they had of late met scores of these dogs-eared rustics the peculiarity was this clown watching under a laden gallows what for Donya, if he felt curious would not show it he took out two bears ears from his bundle and running sticks through them began to toast them twill be eating coined money said he for the burgomaster of dusseldorf had given us a rix dollar for these ears as proving the death of their owners but better a lean purse than a leer stomach unhappy man cried gerard could you eat food here where the fire is lighted there must the meat roast and where it roasts there must it be eaten for naught travels worse than your roasted meat wilt eat thou Danya, and thou canst but i am cold and sick there is no room for hunger in my heart after what mine eyes have seen and he shuddered over the fire oh how they creak and who is this man i wonder what an ill-favoured churl Danya examined him like a connoisseur looking at a picture and in due course delivered judgment i take him to be of the refuse of that company whereof these pointing carelessly upward were the green and so ran their heads into danger at that rate why not stun him before he wakes and gerard fidgeted where he sat Danya opened his eyes with humorous surprise for one who sets up for a milksop you have the readiest hand why should to stun one tush he wakes note now what he says at waking and tell me these last words were hardly whispered when the watcher opened his eyes at sight of the fire made up and two strangers eyeing him keenly he stared and there was a severe and pretty successful effort to be calm still a perceptible tremor ran all over him soon he manned himself and said gruffly good morrow but at the very moment of saying it he missed his axe and saw how gerard was sitting upon it with his own laid ready to his hand he lost countenance again directly 
Donya smiled grimly at this bit of by-play good morrow said gerard quietly keeping his eye on him the watcher was now too ill at ease to be silent you make free with my fire said he but he added in a somewhat faltering voice you are welcome Donya whispered gerard the watcher eyed them askant my comrade says sith we share your fire you shall share his meat so be it said the man warmly i have half a kid hanging on a bush hard by i'll go fetch it and he arose with a cheerful and obliging countenance and was retiring Donya caught up his crossbow and levelled it at his head the man fell on his knees Donya lowered his weapon and pointed him back to his place he rose and went back slowly and unsteadily like one disjointed and sick at heart as the mouse that the cat lets go a little way and then darts and replaces sit down friend said Donya grimly in french the man obeyed finger and tone though he knew not a word of french tell him the fire is not big enough for more than thee he will take my meaning this being communicated by gerard the man grinned ever since Donya spoke he had seemed greatly relieved i wist not ye were strangers said he to gerard Donya cut a piece of bear's ear and offered it with grace to him he had just levelled crossbow at he took it calmly and drew a piece of bread from his wallet and divided it with the pair nay more he winked and thrust his hand into the heap of leaves he sat on gerard grasped his axe ready to brain him and produced a leathern bottle holding full two gallons he put it to his mouth and drank their healths then handed it to gerard he passed it untouched to Donya. more de ma vie cried the soldier it is rhenish wine and fit for the gullet of an archbishop here's to thee thou prince of good fellows wishing thee a short life and a merry one come gerard sup sup pshaw never heed them man they heed not thee nathless did i hang over such a skin of rhenish as this and three churls sat beneath a drinking it and offered me not a drop i'd soon be down among them donya donya my spirit would cut the cord and womp would come my body amongst ye with a hand on the bottle and one eye winking t'other gerard started up with a cry of horror and his fingers to his ears and was running from the place when his eye fell on the watcher's axe the tangible danger brought him back he sat down again on the axe with his fingers in his ears courage l'ami le diable est mort shouted Donya gaily and offered him a piece of bear's ear put it right under his nose as he stopped his ears gerard turned his head away with loathing wine he gasped heaven knows i have much need of it with such companions as thee and he took a long draught of the rhenish wine it ran glowing through his veins and warmed and strengthened his heart but could not check his tremors whenever a gust of wind came as for Donya and the other they feasted recklessly and plied the bottle unceasingly and drank healths and caroused beneath that creaking sepulchre and its ghastly tenants ask him how they came here said Donya with his mouth full and pointing out without looking on this question being interpreted to the watcher he replied that treason had been their end diabolical treason and priestcraft he then being rendered communicative by drink delivered a long prosy narrative the purport of which was as follows these honest gentlemen who now dangled here so miserably were all stout men and true and lived in the forest by their wits 
their independence and thriving state excited the jealousy and hatred of a large portion of mankind and many attempts were made on their lives and liberties these the virgin and their patron saints coupled with their individual skill and courage constantly baffled but yester eve a party of merchants came slowly on their mules from dusseldorf the honest men saw them crawling and let them penetrate near a league into the forest then set upon them to make them disgorge a portion of their ill-gotten gains but alas the merchants were no merchants at all but soldiers of more than one nation in the pay of the archbishop of colonia ho virgins had they beneath their gowns and weapons of all sorts at hand nathless the honest men fought stoutly and pressed the traders hard when low horsemen that had been planted in ambush many hours before galloped up and with these new diabolical engines of war shot leaden bullets and laid many an honest fellow low and so quelled the courage of others that they yielded them prisoners these being taken red-handed the victors who with malice inconceivable had brought cords knotted round their waists did speedily hang and by their side the dead ones to make the gallanter show that one at the end was the captain he never felt the cord he was riddled with broad arrows and leaden balls or ever they could take him a worthy man as ever cried stand and deliver but a little hasty not much they i forgot he is dead very hasty and obstinate as a pig that one in the buff jerkin is the lieutenant as good a soul as ever lived he was hanged alive this one here i never could abide no not that one that is conrad my bosom friend i mean this one right overhead in the chicken-toed shoon you were always carrying tales ye thief and making mischief you know you were and sirs i'm a man that would rather live united in a coppice than in a forest with backbiters and tail-bearers strangers i drink to you and so he went down the whole string indicating with the neck of the bottle like a showman with his pole giving a neat description of each which though pithy was invariably false for the showman had no real eye for character and had misunderstood every one of these people enough palaver cried donya marchand give me his axe now tell him he must help you along the man's countenance fell but he saw in donya's eye that resistance would be dangerous he submitted gerard it was who objected he said e pensez-vous to put my hand on a thief it maketh my flesh creep childishness all trades must live besides i have my reasons be not you wiser than your elder no only if i am to lean on him i must have my hand in my bosom still grasping the haft of my knife it is a new attitude to walk in but please thyself and in that strange and mixed attitude of tender offices and deadly suspicion the trio did walk i wish i could draw them i would not trust to the pen the light of the watch-tower at dusseldorf was visible as soon as they cleared the wood and cheered gerard when after an hour's march the black outline of the tower itself and other buildings stood out clear to the eye their companion halted and said gloomily you may as well slay me out of hand as take me any nearer the gates of dusseldorf town on this being communicated to donya he said at once let him go then for in sooth his neck will be in jeopardy if he wends much further with us gerard acquiesced as a matter of course his horror of a criminal did not in the least dispose him to active cooperation with the law but the fact is that at this epoch no private citizen in any part of europe ever meddled with criminals but in self-defence 
except by the by in england which behind other nations and some things was centuries before them all in this the man's personal liberty being restored he asked for his axe it was given him to the friend's surprise he still lingered was he to have nothing for coming so far out of his way with them here are two batson friend add the wine the good rhenish did you give aught for it i the peril of my life hum what say you donya i say it was worth its weight in gold here lad there be silver groschen one for every acorn on that gallows tree and here is one more for thee who will doubtless be there in due season the man took the coins but still lingered well what now cried gerard who thought him shamefully overpaid already dost seek the hide off our bones nay good sirs but you have seen to-night how parlous a life is mine ye be true men and your prayers avail give me then a small trifle of a prayer and it please you for i know not one gerard's collar began to rise at the egotistical rogue moreover ever since his wound he had felt gusts of irritability however he bit his lip and said there go two words to that bargain tell me first is it true what men say of you rhenish thieves that ye do murder innocent and unresisting travellers as well as rob them the other answered sulkily they you call thieves are not to blame for that the fault lies with the law gramercy so tis the law's fault that ill men break it i mean not so but the law in this land slays an honest man and if he do but steal what follows he would be pitiful but is discouraged herefrom pity gains him no pity and doubles his peril and he but cut a purse his life is forfeit therefore cutteth he the throat to boot to save his own neck dead men tell no lies pray then for the poor soul who by bloody laws is driven to kill or else be slaughtered were there less of this unreasonable gibbeting on the high road there should be less enforced cutting of throats in dark woods my masters fewer words had served replied gerard coldly i asked a question i am answered and suddenly doffing his bonnet obsecro deum omnipotentum ut qua cruce iam pendent isti quindecum latronis furis et homicidi in ea homicida fur et latro tu pependaris quam citissime pro publica salute in aurinorum justi dei cui sit gloria in aeternum amen and so good day the greedy outlaw was satisfied last that is latin he murdered and more than i bargained for so indeed it was and he returned to his business with a mind at ease the friends pondered in silence the many events of the last few hours at last gerard said thoughtfully that shebert saved both our lives by god's will like enough replied Danya, and talking of that it was lucky we did not dawdle over our supper what mean you i mean they are not all hanged i saw a refuse of seven or eight as black as ink around our fire when when ere we had left it five minutes good heavens and you said not a word it would but have worried you and had set our friend a-looking back and may have tempted him to get his skull split all other danger was over they could not see us we were out of the moonshine indeed just turning a corner ah there is the sun and here are the gates of dusseldorf courage l'ami le diable est mort my head my head was all poor gerard could reply so many shocks emotions perils horrors added to the wound his first had tried his youthful body and sensitive nature too severely it was noon of the same day in a bedroom of the silver lion the rugged 
Donya sat anxious watching his young friend and he lay raging with fever delirious at intervals and one word forever on his lips margaret 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 end of section twenty six